when I was a child, I have old cassette tapes of me acting like I was on the radio at V103. Come on. So man. that was when I was a kid. That was when I was a kid. Like what age can you? You knew I was then. I was I was eight, nine years old. I had a little boom box and I would play record the song, then press pause, then come in, hey, you just got through checking out Eric B and Rakim on V103, Atlanta's free money station. Like that was that was my thing, you know what I'm saying? At eight years old. Yeah, at That's eight awesome. years old. So I used to do that all the time. But I think and I shots out to Westlake High School. I used to do the announcements at Westlake High School every morning. And that was my. You sure did. Yeah, remember, like. Miss yeah. Mitchell let you grab the mic on the air. Miss Mitchell, Dolores, Dolores Mitchell. Mitchell. Welcome, everybody, man. What can I say? It's a great day to change lives. We're back with another episode of the Instincts Podcast. Kenya Cabane, I call him the voice. He was the voice before the voice, the TV show, man. When you hear him talk, you're going to understand why I got Kenya Cabane in the building. Longtime friend of mine, at least 25 years or more. Yeah. And man, when I tell you, actually 30. Yeah, exactly. And when you I tell back. you, I could not be prouder. Brother, I appreciate it. Being here, man. I really am. It I is really an am. honor to be here. It and is an honor. We always start with a basic question. Okay. The show is about turning tribulations into celebrations. Mm. What is arguably, and I always say arguably because we've been through a lot. Yeah. But if you had to pick one thing that you had to overcome in life, the most challenging thing, and how'd you overcome it? Ooh, the most, the, the, the thing that was, that I had to overcome that really was difficult for me in life was hearing that my mother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's dementia mm. and having to take care of her in addition to maintain a career in radio. That was probably the most difficult thing because, you know, I'm just going through life and then I get this diagnosis wow. and it's just my mother and I. My mother was, uh, wasn't married at the time and, you know, it, it was something that it broke my heart. Mm. And then she's, she was an educator, so she was actually a principal, uh, vice principal. No, she was actually a vi she was vice principal. She was at Pauley West. Oh, get out. Yeah, I went she to was. West. Yeah, she was at Pauley West. 86? My mother was a, a vice principal at Pauley West at the time. And when she was diagnosed, um, people had noticed a change in her personality. Oh, wow. And that there was something going on with her, but they didn't know. But then when it got back to me, it was like, people think your mom is crazy. Oh, wow. And then to hear that, you know, so that's why I'm, I'm an advocate for people with mental illness because dementia is a mental illness. We got to talk you, about it. Yeah, we, we got it. That's something that we got to talk about. So so when she was diagnosed, I was a little bit resentful. It was so much stuff going on being like I was thinking, well, man, like, mom, no, no one told me, mm. you know, like I only had one person that told me. But then I was thinking to myself, well, why didn't everybody else tell me? So, you know, I kind of went through that. So the diagnosis happen you so others knew about it yeah others before you others knew about it before me but I understand. but probably and then when i thought about it, they probably didn't know how to approach me how to approach you, with you know so i didn't you know i had to realize that's what it was exactly you know everything is perspective yeah yeah but so the the main question or another part two of the main question in a in a nutshell yeah how'd you overcome it oh man somebody out there right now is listening Who's yeah. a caregiver? Yeah, yeah. Who is frustrated? Yeah. And I know from my neighbor, and this is nowhere near as close as your mom, yeah. but I know my neighbor who deals with dementia. Yeah. I see, I've caught him at least five or six times 
trying to walk to D.C. In his mind, he's mm-hmm. headed to D.C. Yeah. And he's left the neighborhood. Like, like it's, it's unsafe for him. Right. He's leaving the house and he's walking to D.C. Yeah. So I literally have put him in my car and said, you know, sir, we got to go. We got to go back to your house. And he's like, no, I'm headed to D.C. I'm mm-hmm. going to church. And he's walking. Mm-hmm. So I understand what happens. How would you overcome that kind of um, challenge? Well, well, I, well, I'll back it up a little bit, because when she was diagnosed, I was in Savannah and she was living here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So there would be times where I would have to get off work. I was working from like 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. I got off the air, drove from Savannah to Atlanta to check on her and make sure that she was okay and make sure that the house didn't burn down, make sure that she didn't leave the house because I didn't I didn't know what was going on. I had, I had to do that because she was living by herself. Exactly. And then I would wake up at six o'clock in the morning, drive back to Savannah and go to work. And I was doing that like three times a week. And for those and that don't know, how far is that? That's about three. That's about 300 miles. Wow. Yeah, it's about 300 miles. About it's about like it's like hours. two. Yeah, it's, it's about yeah, about 300 miles. 270. It's about 270. Wow. But it was still difficult, you know. Mm-hmm. But I but I had to push through because there was so much stuff going on. There was like money that was being missed, you know. Mm-hmm. Like there she was, um, there she did a withdrawal of two thousand dollars, and the money just disappeared. You don't know what's happening. Yet. And I didn't know what happened. Yep. So it was a lot of stuff going on, and then I had family that was like, well, you know. Um, why, why don't you, you know, take care of her? Why, why don't you just, you know, like, like take care of her? And I'm like, well, I can't take care of her. But my mom, she loved me so much that she was going through the, you know, again, it's the early stages of dementia. So, like, she was very difficult to deal with. You mm-hmm. know, like, she, mm-hmm. mom, you know, come on, you got to get out of the car because I'd have her in adult they daycare. Yeah, and, 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 and resistant. And she was like, oh, no, I'm not doing what I said. Well, Ma, I said, I'm going I'm to quit my job and take care of you. She said, she just get out of the car. Got you. You my had mother, to learn how to bargain. Yeah, I had to bargain with her, but she was still in her right mind knowing that I don't want my son to give up his career to take care of me. So she would do what I say. Yeah. And I so so I think what made me overcome it and make me realize because I went I got depressed for about a couple of years, Brian. Really? A lot of people didn't know. You have to understand I'm I'm a radio personality. I'm making appearances, doing TV appearances and acting like everything is okay, but I'm still dealing with driving back and forth to Atlanta to make sure that my mom is okay, stressed out, still trying to pay my bills, pay her bills, get power of attorney doing all this stuff. Mm. And it's it's difficult and during the holidays what happened was the aha moment was was that when it was Christmas. I was depressed in Savannah. I put my mom in an assistant living. Family members are like, oh, well, you're wrong for doing that, but then they're not going to help me. And, and I have family that was like, well, we, we will help. We'll, we will help, but if you pay us. But you want me to pay you. You want me to give you money, but this is your family. For something that's supposed to be somewhat of, is understood. Yeah. It takes a village. Yeah, so so I was I was real down, and um, I'm, I'm going to try not to get emotional, but it was, I, I was dropping my mom off at the assistant living because we had spent Christmas at one of my friend's house down in Savannah. And when I was dropping her off, man, I broke down, mm-hmm. and I just started crying. And this woman, she said, this woman I'll never forget, she said, why are you crying? You know, one of the workers there. I said, well, you know, I just hate this whole situation that's happened. My mom has dementia. It's like, you know, times are tough right now. She said, well, I understand. She said, but my mom just died yesterday. Oh, wow. My mother died yesterday, and I have to come to work to be able to pay 
the bills to bury her. I don't even have the money to bury her. She said, you have your mother. So you have to look at the positive. You still have your mom. So just enjoy every moment that you have with your mom. Mm-hmm. And when she said that, bro, what I tell you, the tears just sucked up and it, it brought in it, it, it was new life. And I and I understood that there's always somebody that's got a worse off situation than what I have. And I need to be able to really you f- right. I have to really be able to enjoy the time with my mom so even like when i was here a couple a few months ago and met your mom Mm -hmm. i love to see that man your mom is so proud of you like you know it's just i wish i had my mom so she could see everything that i'm doing but i know spiritually she's with me she does she's she's there with me absolutely you know but i just wish that i could get that hug that little pep talk but i know that she's here with me spiritually Mm -hmm. and i'm okay with that but for anybody that's going through it just know that you will get through it from a spiritual aspect. You have to understand that first. Yes. The, the, one of the fastest ways, the best ways to get through it, in my humble opinion, mm-hmm. is to understand that a person who passes does not want you to pass with them. Right. That's number one. Yes. So if we love, I lost my father. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I'm not sitting mm-hmm. here sounding like I'm a person who hasn't been through this. When my father passed, I was on stage six hours later. I did the keynote address. My father passed February 1st at 5.08 a.m. I was on stage February 1st at 12 noon. Yeah. My mom gave me permission to catch a flight. She said, your father would want you to keep living and doing what you were supposed to do. You were there to be the keynote speaker at an Mm -hmm. event. Your loved ones do not want you to pass with them. Yeah. You know, so that's the first thing. The second thing I, 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 I like for people to understand, if it's any help at all, is that when you understand dimensions and other realms of spirituality, mm-hmm. she is you. Yeah, absolutely. She is you. There's yeah. no you without her. Right. So is she still living physically? No, we can't see her, touch or talk to her. Right. But is she still living? Absolutely. Yeah. How did we get here? Right. So my dad, that's why my hashtag is legends never die. He's sitting right here. Yes, he is. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about what you're doing now before I cry. I know, right? <laughs> okay. So let's move <laughs> and these well, 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 yeah. and, I, and, I, and I definitely want to back up, back yeah. it up, too, and say, in addition to dealing with all of that, I was dealing with adversity at the radio station, too, because I was dealing, yeah. with, a, a, I was dealing with a supervisor that was intimidated, that was very emotional and cantankerous and felt like he could talk to his employees any old kind of way. And, and, then, if I'm, and then if I'm in management with him, and we're bumping heads, but if he cursed at me to do something, my whole thing is, if if we work together, I'll I could I'll do anything you ask me to do if you're my supervisor, but it's all in how you ask. I'm don't still be a man. Dis- I'm still a man. That's right. Don't don't be disrespectful. Don't curse at me. And when I told him, I said, "Bruh," I said, "We don't roll like that here, man." Let me tell a quick quick little story. Yeah. He first got to Savannah took him out the reputation already preceded himself because i heard a whole bunch of bs about him anyway like that he was a, a, a lot to deal with right, right? Jerk. but i was but i was like i'm gonna give him the benefit of the doubt and i'm gonna see for myself because he might he might actually be cool he might change his ways never know bro i took him out <laughs> <laughs> spent money on my supervisor <laughs> on saturday and then came to work at 10:15. i was supposed to be at work at like 10 o'clock it's radio you know i was I was late, 10, 15 minutes late to work, but I'm not late for my show. I was just late to do office work, you right. know? I understand. Bruh, I came into work. He said, you're effing late. How long, how long are we into this? Like, in other words, how long had you known him by now? Three days. <laughs> 
I said, excuse me, bro. <laughs> and how long did you been there? And I had been there for well over 10 years. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that, so, that, so that was another thing, too. Yeah. I'm like, well, bro, you know, I've been here, and no one's ever checked me on something like that. You know, but I get it, you know, but then I don't get it. You don't. So, again, the dude was like, you're effing late. And I said, bro, I said, excuse me? He said, you're effing late. I said, I said, I understand that you're coming from a new market and everything. I said, we don't talk to each other like that. We're real laid back here. It's Savannah market. It's not Atlanta. It's not New York. We're laid back. I said, but we, we're here to get the job done and work, and that's all that matters. He said... Well, if you feel that way, I'm going to go to the HR and just, and just tell them what you said. When it got the HR general manager, they came back. They said, what's the problem? I said, he just cursed at me. And, and I just, I won't allow that disrespect. I said, you're not going to talk to me any old kind of way, bro. Can't have it. At, the, at the end of the day. Yeah. And, and, and they were like, Kenya's right. You can't talk to him any old kind of way. And ever since then, he was trying to get me out. So a lot of people don't know that I was going through that. At the and same time. At the same time, we're dealing with my mom. And I'm sure it's people out there that have been through a situation that, where their supervisor Man. is trying to, you know, force them out, trying to do something to get them Man. out of here. And you're walking on eggshells. Yes. Every single day to come to work. That was a lot of pressure, bro. But to overcome that, I got still. My mom would always say, "Just get still." Mm. And 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 the person get that's still. trying to the person that's trying to get you out, they're gonna do something. If they are a, cant- a cantankerous, toxic individual, mm. they're gonna fall before you. That's and right. That's what happened with him. Let me tell you. I tell you, quick sixty second story. Yeah. I only worked in corporate America 90, 90 days. Okay. Right. And I, long enough to know it wasn't for me. It, yeah. just, it just wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't good at organized sports right. because I don't like coaches yelling at me. Mm. I, just, I got this thing. My dad didn't talk to me crazy. Bruh. My mom didn't talk to me crazy. Okay. Back then. Yeah. She do now. <laughs> but <laughs> my parents don't talk to me crazy. Yeah. My dad don't talk to me crazy. Right. I have a thing about people talking to me crazy. Me too. We can have a dialogue. We can debate. Yeah, we can do whatever yeah. you want to do. Yeah. But it's some, I, it is a trigger in me when you talk to me sideways, right? So, because I didn't grow up with people talking to me sideways. I know. I get to my job. Can't give you guys the name of the company. But they call it the Bank of America. And my supervisor has a sticky on my monitor that says, see me. Now, now, I may have been a little hypersensitive. I just didn't like the way the note read. Okay. <laughs> it, ain't like, it ain't like he yelled. Yeah. He didn't fuss. Yeah. He didn't say anything. Yeah. He said, see me. And to me, it was just too short. The yeah. sticky was too small. Yeah. The words were too big. I, in my mind, I translated it that he was yelling at me, right? Right. I go in there. No problem. I'm a little intimidated. I'm 90 days in. Don't want to lose my job, but don't want to be here anyway. Mm-hmm. He goes, you know, Brian, you don't have any pictures of your loved ones in your office. You don't have um, um, anything personal on your desk. It's almost like, I never forget this. You're not even here. What? Now, in my mind, I said, you're right. I am not. <laughs> but but <laughs> out of my mouth, I said, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. It's not that I don't want to be here, mm-hmm. but maybe I don't feel comfortable right now in this environment. That's what I said to be politically correct. Right. In my mind, I said, you're right. I'm not here. What's my point? 
the see me triggered something in me because I didn't grow up with people yelling at me. Yeah. But it did enough to ignite something in me that said, well, if you don't want to be here, Brian, get out. Mm-hmm. But if you're going to be sensitive and start taking everything they do personal, mm-hmm. it was just a sticky. Yeah. But I took it personal. Right. If you're going to be sensitive and start doing and taking and start taking everything personal, this may not be the environment for you because right. that's how they communicate here. Right. Right. My point is sometimes God will put us in situations so that we're forced to grow and get out. Yeah, absolutely. And you clearly grew. And got and up got, out of there. I did. And tell people what you're doing today, because that's so, what I want people to understand. So, yes. So I'm sorry. So so now I do voiceovers for yes, a living. Sir. And and when my mom died, what happened was she when, when she died, I started going hard at the radio station because there was a position open to be the program director. I was always the assistant program director. So I went hard and I, I was there like 10 hours a day saying, look, I'm not emotional. I could do the job. My mom died. My father died. I went through all this stuff, but I'm Kenya Kabeen. I could push through. <laughs> and bruh, they were dragging their feet with this promotion. And the general manager was like, Kenya, we want you to do it. HR said, Kenya, we want you to do the job, but there's somebody blocking from up top in New York. And I'm like, well, who's blocking me from that, doing that the won't job? Let you, the that, 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 that won't let me through because old dude that I used to bump heads with Man, put mess in their ear mm. without, there's no paper trail. I mean, there's nothing. No but, but Yeah. And so since they were dragging their feet, I said, you know what? It's time for me to go because you don't value who I am as an employee. I've been with the company for 20 years. Wow. And you don't value me as an employee. Let me ask you this real quick. And remember, from a perspective of somebody who who did not experience the corporate ladder long. Yeah. When they brought the new guy in uh-huh. and you had been there 10 years, did you feel slighted by that? Or was it something that you weren't qualified to do? No. You want me to tell you? I felt like everything happens for a reason. And I felt like it wasn't my time. Hmm. That's how I roll. Like, on a spiritual aspect, I was like, it wasn't my time. Uh, I was overlooked for a promotion twice before. Yeah. So, so, so the third. So, and then, and then, of course, you got to understand when that happens, then you start judging yourself and I'm thinking is this what am I doing <laughs> am I not doing what I'm supposed to do and I talked to the GM I talked to HR they said no you're fine we just don't understand what it was but I put in my resignation and when I put in my resignation bro when I tell you everybody like the general manager walked out and started crying hmm. like he like he shed a tear and I'm now like they appreciate you. yeah yeah and I'm like but you all never told me that you appreciated me like when every mm-hmm. when I left the radio station I didn't I didn't know the impact that I had Brian and this is being a hundred percent like this is as transparent as can be, bro. I had no idea. I was just going to work, just trying to push through mm. because I had so much on my plate. But I didn't realize how much and how people thought about me. You know, I didn't mm. realize that that they really they should be bold and they should be they, blatant. They had a lot of love for me. I, yeah. I didn't even realize it. So when I put in the I put in the resignation, they said, well, wait, wait, here's a position. Now, so now you offer me the position. You offer me all this money. I mean, when I tell you they offered a lot of money, <laughs> and I'm like, well, why did you do that in the first place? Where's it been? You it's called fear of loss. Yeah, you could have done that in the first place. When I was losing sleep, I was trying to figure out, well, who's behind this? Like, who's backstabbing Locking. me and who's blocking me? So I decided to leave. So now I do voiceovers. And anytime I'm telling you from a spiritual standpoint, again, I knew when it was time to go. It was just that gut feeling. God will let you know when it's time to make that move. Just like with you, your situation, you knew when it was just time to leave. I had been with that company for 20 years. I worked in Savannah and in Myrtle Beach Market, but it was just 
I felt like I'm good. I'm good. Whatever, whatever is going to happen, God is going to catch me and I'm going to be good. So to whoever out there is listening that is going through something, just know God is going to take you through it from a spiritual aspect. He's going to push you through it. He's going to push you through it. And you'll know when. It's just going to be that gut instinct and you're going to be like, I can walk. I can talk. Yeah. I can move. And I don't. Yeah. I tell people all the time, I am not a tree. Yeah. That means you are not. You can be rooted in something, but you don't have to stay there. You're not a tree. Yeah. You can move. You can make decisions. If you're not happy, you can choose to be happy. You can choose to change your environment. You can choose to change your habits. But it starts with your stinking thinking. Absolutely. And then, and, and then, like, towards the end, too, and I feel you with not putting pictures of your family and stuff like that. Because it's like when you do stuff like that. You get complacent. Yeah, you get complacent and it makes you comfortable. Like, you ain't never going to go nowhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> I never, like, like I like within, like, maybe, like, I was at the company for, like, 20 years, like I said. At, like, year number 10, I took all my personal pictures out. Yeah. All the personal. Because I was like, I don't want to be here. It's that, I'm not trying to make work feel like home yeah man you know now i can come in they making it now man when you can work out at the office yeah they got their built-in cafeteria yeah in a minute y'all gonna put make people pull out uh rolling beds yeah and just spend the night i'm like no i can't get complacent up in here i don't yeah. need no pictures of my lady i don't need no pictures of my family right. i don't need no pictures of me on no cubicle because i'm only here for a minute yes you exactly. know what i mean yeah yeah so what does so, it mean to do a voiceover can you what what oh you want to ask something oh no 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 go ahead what so when you say i do voiceovers mm-hmm. We know in animation that um, Ellen may be behind the voice of Dory, yeah. right? Dory, right? Is it Dory? Dory. Know. Yeah. We know <laughs> uh, other characters are done by uh, celebrities, yeah. right? Yeah. So we know we kind of understand it in animation, right? What is a person like yourself? What is voiceover? Where will we not realize that that's a voiceover? Right. Okay. So a voiceover for me is I, I have an agent. And what they do is they book me for radio commercials. I think because I was in for radio for all these years, I get a lot of radio commercials and I record a commercial and it plays in different markets. I, so I do regional radio commercials for a living. I do. I did a Bojangles last week. I did. Oh, wow. <laughs> I do AT&T, Verizon, McDonald's. Uh, uh, where, it was. Wow. St- some uh, Jackson Hewitt tax services. Like I, I do a lot of like regional radio commercials. So when we see the commercials and we see you, the you, pictures, we don't realize we're listening to somebody that's actually in the booth breaking that down. Right, right. And, right. and I break okay. it down. And so a lot, but the commercials will be on the radio. Um, I haven't I haven't gotten a television radio. Okay, radio commercial. I'm sorry. I yeah, I haven't gotten a television voiceover yet. Uh, but I just did something. I'm really excited for a major studio here in Atlanta. I did that two weeks ago. Oh, nice. Uh, and I don't want to. Yeah, and that's a blessing. That's you know a blessing. what I mean? You can just leave it yeah, in. yeah. I, and and uh, you all. Uh, when we hear it. We gonna know. You could, Yeah, you'll hear it. <laughs> and it's, it's it's on a popular show, so you're gonna okay. be like. That sounds like Kenya could be, you know what like I mean? But, I love but so that's what I do. So in addition to doing voiceovers for a living, um, when, when I was at the radio station, I was also planning my escape, my exit. So I went to the Georgia Film Academy so I could work behind the scenes in television and film. Nice. But the guy who was over it, he said, Kenya, you have such a presence. You have this voice. You need to be in front of the camera. And I was like, no, I want to be behind the scenes. You know, I just want to be low key because I've been a personality. I'm just ready to just live my life and not be worried about like if I'm drinking at the club and, you know, people like, oh, that's Kenya Kabin. He said, no. He said, Kenya, you have a presence. This is what you need to do. And sometimes it takes people to see the greatness in us. Sometimes we might not see it. That's right. And what's interesting is that I used to be an actor when I was a kid. I used to act with the Alliance Theater when I was a kid. I used to be. I used to do television commercials here. So it just made sense for me to go back into television and film. And so I do acting here. Question. Yes. 
as a speaker, yeah. I'm very critical of myself. Yeah. My whole life is on video. Yeah. Every speech I've ever done is on video. I mean, even the ones that are on VHS, mm-hmm. ones that shouldn't even be on video. Yeah. Ugly, horrible speeches that looking back, I'm like, how'd you get a standing ovation for that? I cannot stand my voice. As much as I use it, as much as now, let me let me take this out of the universe. I'm grateful that I have one. Yeah. Thank you, God, for giving me a voice. Okay. But I don't like the way I sound. Let me put it that way. Really? Yeah, isn't it crazy? We're, we're critical of ourselves. We are. When I see my speeches played back, keynotes, and people inbox me or tag me and say, man, you changed my life or whatever, I look at the same thing they looked at and I go, oh, you could have closed harder. Yeah. Oh, you could have ended. Brian, yeah. you speak too fast, which I still do to this day. Yeah. Are you self-conscious about, when you hear yourself, are you self-conscious about your voice or are you like, uh, I nailed it? Yeah, I'm not self-conscious about my voice you, at all. Good. I've been, doing it, I've been doing it for years. I'm going to tell you what I'm self-conscious about. Okay. I'm self-conscious when I do interviews. And when I go back. Like and, now. Yeah, so this right here, I'm going to go back. I'm going to watch it a gazillion <laughs> times. And I'm going to say to myself, did I stumble over this? Did I get my point across? Did I make sense? Like, that's always playing in the back in of mind. my mind. Okay. So, but I feel real comfortable being here with you. But I, I, I try not to ramble. That's my thing. I understand. So, so that's what I, that's my thing. Well, that's, no, you're, you're doing great, man. Yeah, you're appreciate it. Appreciate so, so we, so my thing to the listeners is this: we all have some kind of complex. Yeah, right? yeah. Mine as a speaker is I don't really like the way I sound. I've uh-huh. been working on slowing down. Yeah. And stop yelling for 25 years. <laughs> Clearly, it hadn't worked yet, right? But we all have a, a complex. But yeah. I want people to watch, watch and to understand. Push through your insecurities. Yes. Because the only way you're gonna get through it is to do it. Yeah. You sitting here, man. You're doing great. As I listen to you speak, I'm like. Yeah, he's definitely got a voice, voice. radio, yeah, yeah, I man. appreciate that. When did you that. know that that was your gift? When did you know that that was your gift from God? And did it hit you one day like, my voice is my... Was it when you got hired or did you kind of know you had a nice baritone voice I, early? I always knew, and I'm going to take you way back. When I was a child, I have old cassette tapes of me acting like I was on the radio at V103. Come on. So man. that was when I was a kid. That was when I was a kid. Like what age can you? You knew I was, I was I was eight, nine years old. I had a little boom box and I would... Play, record the song, then press pause, then come in. Hey, you just got through checking out Eric B and Rakim on V103, Atlanta's Free Money Station. Like that was that was my thing. You know what I'm saying? At eight years old. Yeah, at That's eight awesome. years old. So I used to do that all the time. But I think, and I shots out to Westlake High School. I used to do the announcements at Westlake High School every morning. <laughs> And that was my... You sure did. Yeah, remember, like... Miss Mitchell let you grab the mic on the Miss Mitchell, Dolores, Dolores Mitchell. Mitchell. And I got to give a shout-out to her, like, just to... Even, like, just all the women from Westlake, Constance Mormon, Dolores Mitchell. Miss Dotson. Miss Bowler, Miss Dotson. You know, shouts out to Brother Stanley. Remember Brother Stanley? Yeah, Brother Stanley. Yeah. Rest in peace, brother. Yeah, yeah. So, so, but, like, but I used to do those announcements, and that was kind of the, the gateway. That was, that was the... That's amazing. That, that's what started it. And then when I got to Savannah State... I, I went to the radio station up at Savannah State, the public radio station, and I wanted to be on this air. This guy said, if you want to be on the air, read this PSA. And I didn't. And that's one thing, you know, like I had to read it cold. So, you, you know, and <laughs> without, so, studying. Yeah, without without going, you know, and but I, I did it with no problems. And I read it live on the radio. And that was the start of my career when I was 18 years old. Wow. At Savannah State University. So to the people listening, man. Our high school principal gave him a shot. Yes. Saw something in him that he made. No, I was going to say saw something in you that you didn't see in yourself. Yeah. But you did. I did. At eight years old. Yeah. But give young people an opportunity, man. Yes. Give people a chance to mess up, fumble, yeah. 
and find their way. Yes, you know? absolutely. How's marriage life treating you? How's marriage life treating you? Marriage life? Yes. I'm not married. You're not married? I thought you were married. No, man, I ain't got no ring <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, you know, you told me you had a significant other. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, okay. so booed up. Yes, you booed up. Yes, yeah, yes. that's right. You said booed up. And okay. happy. I'll edit that part out. Yeah. All right, so how do we go from radio personality uh-huh. to this? Oh, ah, man. Come on, man. Let me tell you what about is this, this right what here. What is this here? And how does it work? This is Revere Men's Care, natural deodorant. Uh, my business partner and I decided to come up with this one because they say that when you're using deodorant that has aluminum in it, that that's yeah. one of the causes of Alzheimer's dementia. Oh, wow. Mom is living. Mom is living through this right, right here, that's but right. also looking out for black brothers, too. Smell this right here. This is sea salt and sage. Bro, I'm telling you, you start using that, it'll change your life. Now, what's it called? So this is Revere Men's Care. And again, this is sea salt and sage deodorant. This is natural aluminum-free deodorant. Nice. Safe. You'll love it. We got uh, different scents. This is lemongrass right here. Natural, can you? Yeah, man. How do, now, how do you get the manufacturer? Are you responsible for how it smells? Yeah, yeah. You yeah. So, so my business partner, he comes up with, like, he does the scents. You know, he, like, works on it. In the lab. And- yeah, in the lab. And we push it out. It's e-commerce business. It came about during the pandemic. Man. Yeah. Smells good. And women women love it, too. So I we get a lot of women do. that buy it, too. So it's not just for men, but we're targeting men. But women love natural deodorant, too. So of it's aluminum-free. No woman wants a funky man. Yeah, for real. I'm trying to tell you. And yeah. it's natural, aluminum-free. Alum- and I understand that um, the chemicals in deodorant for women as well lead to breast cancer. Yes, exactly. So, so all of those different things, we yes. got to be careful about yeah. what's in the deodorant yeah. that leads to breast cancer. So when women get checked, all these lumps pop up and we don't realize it's because we're wearing antiperspirants. Yes. And you're supposed to perspire. Yeah. Is it prespire or perspire? Perspire. Yeah. P-E-R-P-R-E. I don't know. Prespire. <laughs> perspire. Perspire. We're supposed yeah. to perspire. <laughs> And you're wearing an anti-perspirant. Yeah. So if you're anti-sweating, the cells that are detoxing back up into your system, yeah. which cause you to get breast cancer in some cases. Yeah, yeah, so exactly. So we got to watch what capitalism is doing to us. I have a lot of people I bring on here. We all talk about health a lot of times. Mm-hmm. We got to watch it. So this is great. Yes. Not only is mom alive and well wrapped in this, but... Black owned and operated? Yes, that's right. How long has it been out and where can they get it? Okay, so this Revere Men's Care, again, if you log on to Revere Men's Care, put in the code INSTINCTS. Put in the code INSTINCTS. You see it being flashed across the screen right now. We're going to hook you up 10% off Revere Men's Care deodorant. Also, too, Bean, I got to talk about these right here. These are precise beard pins, man. So what this is, is this is something that just fills in the gaps in the beard. It got you looking clean and crispy like a Ricky Rose kind of thing. (laughs) You know, I'm a baby Ricky Rose kind of. I'm struggling with it right now, but it's going to grow in. Uh, But but this this right here, man, it's amazing. A lot of barbers use it. It's not makeup. It does not wash off, man. It's hypoallergenic. It's safe to use on your face instead of like getting all that uh, black dye and stuff, you know, like Mm. that a lot of brothers, the the Beijing and stuff, and you can't have white pillows, brothers. You know what I'm talking about. (laughs) This right here, you can have white pillows, sleep with this on. It's not going to rub off. It fills in the gaps. gaps. So I got like a couple of gaps. Mm. It fills it in and it looks natural. There's also a brush that comes with it too. Nice. Man, that this is this is it right here. We'll also give you 10% off to put in instincts right now. Revere Men's Care. So I got that going on. In addition to that, uh, I do 
Big and Tall Modeling. I do okay. acting. Um, and I have a podcast, too. What is it? Podcast. I, was, I had the blessing to be on it. Yes, and we were blessed to have you on it, brother. Let me tell you, man, your show was like the number one watch show, man. It was you. Come on. It's, yeah, you, you, and I was, you went, you're, you're above hair crack. Shouts out to hair crack. That's my homie. But, <laughs> but it was like the Brian Bean. Yeah, yeah. Oh. It was Brian Bean and hair crack. So that tells you, like, this man's, like, uh, pull and power, you know, with, like, with your influence and what you do. Uh, very valuable information that you gave to a lot of people, man. And we were blessed to have you on. But the name of the show is called The Everybody Mad Live Podcast. Shouts out to my homie, said lover that's on the show with me. That's my radio comrade. We, we've we been rocking it. Uh, we did radio together back in Myrtle Beach back oh, in yeah. the early 2000s. He's great. He was, y'all were great, man. Yeah, yeah, man. So we talk about uh, stuff that's going on that's relevant to black culture, whether it's politics, entertainment, uh, you know, anything, man. Like, that's that's what we're talking about. So, Aren't you amazed by how this podcast industry has grown? Or yes. are you? You've been in radio. Did you know that this would be as big as it I, is? I didn't know because back in the day, you know, I'm a radio man, so I was just it's thinking, I was, I was always thinking, oh, <laughs> that'll never survive because people are always going to need radio because just to be in touch with what's going on locally. Right. That's what we were taught. Not anymore. You know what I mean? Like, hmm. podcast is it's just is the way to go now, man. You could get so much valuable information and just learn stuff. There's so much information that's out for people to learn. So Absolutely. So that's why, you know, I tell people if they, if you have any questions, just start Googling stuff. You right. Know? Well, I do, I do a segment. Um, I have a program called Monetize Your Message. Yeah. That's where I teach people how to monet- take their story, turn it into their message, and monetize it, right? Yeah. So we call it Formulate, Market, Monetize. Yeah. So this show is sponsored, example, for example, by Monetize Your Message. Okay. So there's the exercise I do where I say the, the 70s birthed me, mm-hmm. the 80s raised me, Okay. All right. the 90s shaped me, yeah. 2000s tested me, mm. early 2000s were tough, Okay. and the uh, uh, 2010 uh, branded me, mm. right? Yeah. So I do these, I take people through these exercises and I show them how every decade of their life means something if you channel that energy into something positive. No doubt. Right? Even though yeah, I had yeah. the 90s test, I mean, the 2000s tested me, I'm still here. Yeah. Real quick before you go, there's some college kids watching that need to understand what you went through uh-huh. and what you temporarily turned to. How'd you overcome that? Oh, man. Um, I overcame it with lots of prayer, but I will tell you that, you know, to be a radio personality, uh, you, it takes lots of work. Uh, it doesn't come easy. There's going to be long hours, stuff of that nature. But there was a point in time where as as a person that was coming up in radio and even like on campus and stuff, I was real popular. And bro, I just started hanging out with the wrong crowd. Mm. And and to the point where like I was doing drugs. And the, the thing is, bro, I come from the say no to drugs era, right? Yeah, we know. That, that's, that's what we come from. Mm. I don't come from a, a crazy background. I grew up, you know, like... And uh, we weren't rich. We were middle class, you know, mm-hmm. but my, my parents were very hardworking, raised by a single parent. My mother, man, she was the strongest woman I know. So she instilled values in me that I knew better not to be doing it. But I was just doing it to fit in. And why was I doing it to fit in? Because I was already cool anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so that just goes to show you that we you get know, caught up. Yeah, just yeah. got caught up hanging with the wrong crowd, man, you know, mm. and, and started doing drugs. And it was to the point where it got so bad that one day, uh, a, a quick story, under under a minute story, um, Partying uh, at this cat's house drug dealer in Savannah, big crib. Uh, everybody was passed out. Woke up at like five o'clock in the morning. Everybody was passed out. Mm. Girls naked all on the floor and everything like this. I'm walking to the bathroom, stepping over bodies, throw up, pills, coke, all this kind of stuff. And I looked in the mirror. Mm. 
And I had that futuristic vision, and guess what I saw? I saw my mom. And I knew that my mom had spent, she paid money for me to go to college out of her own pocket because I didn't have a scholarship or anything mm. like that. I was, I, my mother paid for me to attend Savannah State with all of her savings, and that was money out of her pocket. And I saw her, and how disappointed she would be mm. had I just wasted everything away. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And so what I did was I got myself together when I saw her. And I could see that she would be disappointed. I got myself together, stopped doing drugs, ended up graduating with a BA in mass communications from Savannah State University, brother. Man. Yeah, blessed, man. Let me tell you, mom continues to live on. And last thing before my final question of the day. Yes, sir. When you looked in that mirror, did you just, were you able to just stop? After a while, you just stopped. I stopped cold, Cold. bro. I, I got, I, when I tell you, I literally got my stuff together and walked out that house. And that was the last time I touched, like, powder. Like, because I'll be honest, and I've gone on record, and people are like, oh, my gosh, you did cocaine. That's what people say when you know, I, You know how long we've been out of college. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was like, like I, I, was, I was into that, man. It mm. was crazy. Man, wow. You know what I mean? But, yeah, I stopped doing that immediately now. So, and Kenya, some people get addicted, man. Yeah. They turn to harder things or they do coke the rest of their lives. Yeah. And you were able to just cold turkey. Cold we're turkey, all different, bro. And that's not yeah. a knock to anybody who has to go through a program. Get whatever help you need. Yeah, yeah. But you're here today yeah, man. with your products. Blessed. I'm blessed, man. And I really appreciate this opportunity, bro. Oh, yeah, man. This yeah. is the Instincts Podcast. If you had to relate to one animal, any animal, and compare it to yourself, your personality, your characteristics, your traits, what instincts would you tap into out there in, the, in wildlife? Oh, that's a good question. Hmm. Right now, I feel like I'm a bird, <laughs> an eagle. <laughs> when I say like maybe like an eagle, man, I feel like I'm flying, I'm soaring right now, and I'm doing really good, and I'm blessed. Mm. You know, so right now for me, it's an eagle because I just feel like the sky's the limit and there's still more that I need to do. Absolutely. But, I, but I'm flying to get to my goals. And so that's, that's how I feel, man. Hey, man, from the man who knew at the age of eight or nine that his voice was a gift from God, he's yeah. still using it to this day. Shout out to everybody who helped this man along the way. Oh, We're going to dedicate yeah. this episode to mom. She's sitting right here. Yes, she is, right, bro. She is sitting, right, sitting right here, right man. Here. So listen, yeah. all you guys need to understand, your tribulations can become celebrations. You need to learn how to formulate, market, and monetize your message. We're to help you, man. This whole episode has been sponsored by Monetize Your Message. This is Kenya Kambane. Go check him out. What's the website? One more time. Reveremenscare.com. Check out Everybody Mads Live podcast. Available on all platforms of podcasts. Come on now. Yeah. Come on now. Tap into your instincts. Brother, we appreciate you, man. I appreciate you.